welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at Theatre in the Now, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. If you're not listed on Thodacy, then you probably don't matter. It's the man behind the curtain, the one and only Jim Silvestri. How are you? I'm doing very well. That's an amazing introduction. Thank you. Of course. I like to have fun with the introductions, and this is one of the very few times that I don't laugh through it. Um, <laughs> I am notorious for writing silly introductions where my guests will laugh at what I'm saying, and I will break, and then it takes four more recordings to do it. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm bad at that. Like This is, this is why I don't do live uh, television, because I can't read it off a script understandable it's difficult it's, it's hard a rare skill. Yeah, it's it, like i'm fearful for the live show again because i'm just gonna be like there you go. looking at my script and trying to be funny and i'm not funny off the cuff sometimes but it's okay it's okay it's hey hey it's a skill so how are you enjoying this september it's been busy already we're halfway it has through been. it we we just passed like the 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 busiest weekend yeah. drag the the crazy weekend where everyone complained that they couldn't go to everything but we all celebrated it together. Yeah. Some people did go to everything. That's what I don't know Musto how they did. Like, I, I went to two out either. of three and I was dead. Who the hell's going to go all the way out to Fire Island? Right. <laughs> the right. same as Fire Island. There was like six queens there. I mean, I'm very happy with the results Yeah, of Miss Fire Island. She's, she's a lovely queen and certainly the entertainer, Boudoir. Yeah. We love her. Yeah. But everyone, everybody was spread very thin across the city yeah, this it was, time around. Yeah, because I had done DragCon for three days. I went to Bushwick on Saturday night. Um, Monday, I was like, I'm staying in my bed. I can't move. I'm tired. Yeah. How was Bushwick? Bushwick was fun. No. Um, I was only there for Saturday night, like post like the nine o'clock slot on. Oh. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Incredible energy. Um, they're, they're turning it out. It's, it's an important show. Did it seem like very Brooklyn-y or was it like... No, it had a nice um, mix of people because I got to see Marty perform. Okay. Um, obviously, they brought down some um, queens from around the world. So I got to see Crystal. That's of, nice. Uh, Drag Race UK, oh. Valencia of um, Dragula season three, obviously Madeline from season three, but oh. it was it was a nice mix of people. That's good. I mean, I'm glad that there's that platform, but I kind of miss that that Brooklyn thing. Yeah, that I wish there was a platform for for just that. But uh, yeah, maybe well, maybe someday. Maybe maybe someday. Um, mm. my one of my favorite performances is, was getting to see Nina West do her Disney medley live. I've oh, only seen great. clips of it, but she did it live, and I was like, okay, that's this great. is why I stand her. That's She's amazing. Yes. But we're going to talk about you. Are you excited? Okay, I kind of nervous? am. Yeah. So, a little bit. Finally, little bit. everyone is going to learn about you. The tables have turned. You're in the interview seat. That's amazing. I hope you ask better questions than I do. <laughs> well, let's let's start from the beginning. Where are you from? I'm actually from Queens. I was born and raised oh, nice. in Queens, what near part? Flushing. Cool. It's a little town called College Point. Nice. That's isn't like... isn't that where um, uh, uh, Spa Castle is? It is. Yes, that's our claim to fame. I haven't. It's kind of like um, 
Like, I've never been to the Statue of Liberty. I've never been fair. to Spa Castle. I kind of need to go to Spa Castle after everything I've been through. I need oh. to go to Spa Castle, but I've, I've heard stories. There are stories, I've heard yes. stories, and I don't know how yes. comfortable I feel with those stories. Yes. It's hand, hand job Castle, pretty much. Ah! Well, <laughs> I, maybe I'll bring a buddy. Um, so, growing up in Queens, what was it like? What was it like to be so close to Manhattan, but a little further away? You know, when you're growing up... In Queens, you don't really appreciate the fact that you live close to the city. I always like wanted to live in the country when I was mm-hmm. a kid, and so finally, when I went to college, upstate, like six hours away near Buffalo, where it's like you're in the middle of nowhere and there's trees and it's pretty, I'm like, this sucks. I want to yeah. go back to New York, and that's that's really when I started to appreciate New York. Yeah. So, what is it about New York that everyone is drawn to? Uh, it's kind of a difficult question to answer now like that's because it's, it's not the new york no that i grew up with it's very different uh it's a very different new york i think people are more drawn to the reputation and and the the ideology of new york than than the reality of it like walking around there now and seeing it it's it's just very different it's it's, it's lost a lot of its character it's very touristy it's yeah it is how the hell do you live i mean i i remember because i'm from new jersey i've been to new yeah. york a lot as a kid i remember going into times square and having a very vivid memory of what times square was like oh, for yes. me the focal point was the virgin megastore yes there's no trace of what that place used to be anymore not at all and no. now everything is a neon sign and you have to look around and all the tourists are looking around and us um locals are like move so we right. can walk around the 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 appeal of New York seems to be slowly fading away. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, when I was younger, before I was out, quote unquote, I used to always go to St. Mark's Place. I was mm-hmm. like an East Village yeah. kid. I used to go to all. I used to go to Coney Island High, and I used to go to all those record stores there and all the little punk stores there and, and buy all my shit. And I was living my best life, my best East Village life, and that 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 was me. And that's all gone, more yeah. or less. It's all gone. So you said you went to school upstate. I did. Uh, St. Bonaventure. Up nice. near like Buffalo. What? Middle of nowhere. Yeah, middle of nowhere. And you get those snowy, snowy winters. The worst. Like it starts in <laughs> September and it just doesn't stop. Doesn't like, have... Lake effect snow, like 12 inches. It's just, it was hellish. It was no, a I, I believe, because uh, I think my uncle went to SUNY Buffalo. Right. And they are known for like their like underground walkways yes did we, you have those? we did not have no. those no we did not have no, those. no, no heated uh sidewalks there were heated sidewalks but it's like didn't do anything no. who cares like you're, right. you're walking through uh, a, a tunnel of ice pretty much what about saint bonaventure drew you to the school well my parents went there i mean that's it's kind legacy. of like a it's it's a legacy it was a catholic school and i went to catholic high school and i went to catholic grade school so it's kind of like all i knew was Freaking Catholic school. Yeah. By the time I got to college, I became an atheist. So that's pretty much the end of my, my Catholic career. That's fair. Yeah. So you come back to New York. How yeah. did you get involved in nightlife? Well, like I said, I kind of came out later. I'd say in my mid-20s. Let's, I'll, I'll be generous. In my mid-20s is really when I started coming out into the scene. You know, I, would, I was always going to like East Village divey bars... I didn't really know where anywhere it was. I just knew that all the gay stuff was in was on Christopher Street. That, right. That's all I knew was Christopher Street. 
at that point because that's what Christopher Street was known for. So I would go to like these East Village divey bars and I would get so drunk to the point where like it didn't really matter what I did. And that's when I would like slump over to Christopher Street and I would do all that cruisy stuff. I would yeah. go hook up in the bathrooms and hook up in uh, parks and, and in alleyways. I was, I was a big whore. And that was my first experience of, of nightlife was that, that cruisy part of, of things. It's, that doesn't so much, in just a short period of time, it doesn't so much exist anymore like no, it used to, yeah. especially on Christopher Street. But those are the places I was, I was going to places like Ties and the bar that Rock Bar is now. What the hell is it called? The Dugout. I used to go to the Dugout all the time. And that's where many, many sordid things happen at the Dugout. So that, that that's all I knew at first was was that was, was gay life, was going out and being cruisy and living that fantasy and having that life and... I used to go to Boots and Saddle a few times. Like, Boots and Saddle was kind of boring. Yeah, the original Boots and Saddle. The original Boots and Saddle on Christopher Street. A tiny little hole in the wall. Been around for 40 years at that point. Um, And that was just a place where, like, middle-aged guys came to drink. It was a little cruisy. I would go there. The owner, the, the person who eventually became the owner, was just a bartender there at the time. So I would go there a few times, and then one day, one night, I should say, there was a drag queen that showed up. It was Victoria Chase, mm-hmm. her name was, and uh, I freaked out. Like, drag queens, like to me, were just so scary and weird, and I, I didn't come back to that place for, for months. Like, what the hell is a drag queen there? Like, I can't be seen around drag queens. Yeah, but for, for some reason. Eventually, I kind of like wandered back in, and Victoria was there, and we started talking, and and we actually became friends. She's one of the few drag queens that are like my my actual someone that I consider an actual friend now is Victoria, and I gradually started to warm up to her. She was hired there to do a few nights. At that point, Robert, the bartender I was talking about before, was now the owner. And he was like in love with Lucky Chang's, the new Lucky Chang's, the quote unquote new Lucky Chang's that was on like 51st Street at the time, the huge one. And he loved that Lucky Chang's and he wanted to bring that experience into this little hole in the wall. So he wanted like wall to wall drag. And so all these drag queens started coming in. And this, this was right about the time when Drag Race first started. I think it was maybe like the second season. And um, Rebecca Glasscock had a show there at the time, so I got to meet her. But I didn't know, when I met her, she was out of drag. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that she was, A, a drag queen, and B, on that show. I just yeah. didn't know. I just thought that she was a cute boy. So I was like, hey. But, hey, she was a drag queen. She was on the show. I became friendly with her. And I became, that's when I started to become friendly with a lot of drag queens, was around that time. And I, I just kind of became known, I think, as like, the guy who was always at Boots and Saddle yeah. watching these shows. 
So cut to a couple years later. Mm-hmm. You are now the face of New York City's most important nightlife blog, Bodicey. Hopefully not the face. I'll take I'll take the <laughs> name, but I don't want that floating around out there. <laughs> Tell us about Bodicey. Well, my experience, like like I said, was was so limited in the beginning. Like I would just go to Booze and Saddle. I didn't know where anything else was. I didn't know anything about Hell's Kitchen. I didn't know anything about Brooklyn or the East Village or even Queens. I didn't know anything about these places. All I knew was Boots and Saddle. That's the only place I felt comfortable going in. And I realized that there were a lot of people like me, especially in that bar, that that they would only go to that one place. And it just kind of dawned on me, like, I should go see what else is out there. Because there's other drag queens, there's other bars, there's other scenes. So I started doing that a little bit. And what... I wanted to do it was was kind of add to what was already out there at the time. There were all these magazines, like there was Get Out magazine sure. and uh, Odyssey magazine, mm-hmm. which is I thought was very funny when I eventually created the blog to call it Odyssey as a parody of Odyssey magazine. But then, like as soon as I had made the blog, Odyssey magazine folded, so it became just like you killed so Odyssey. Funny. I killed Odyssey. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I wanted to make like a some kind of a, a a one-stop place where everybody can go every day and see all the options that were out there so that they weren't like I was in the beginning. Like right. you, in order to keep this scene alive, you have to see the whole thing. You can't just keep going to one place. You have to spread the love, spread your money, spread your attention to all the boroughs, all the scenes, all the bars. So that that's really what I ultimately wanted to do. And I, I didn't think that I was going to be the only one doing that. I thought it was just going to be one of many forums. Sure. But then everybody else kind of disappeared, and I became like the one doing it, which was kind of terrifying when I realized that that You're fell trusted on me. by a lot of people. I am, and I make, I make some mistakes. So it, it's always very... Um, I don't know, upsetting when, when I realize Yeah, that. no, I get that. I, yeah. I, I'm the same about sometimes. No. What would you say is the mission statement of Thodacy? To let everybody know what's out there and to let everybody uh, feel feel like they're they're part of they're they're part of the bigger picture. I, I kind of like the, there's the listings that I do that, that I do every day, right. but I, I also do interviews and then what I ultimately like to create in my mind is like almost a, a Wikipedia made up of interviews. Sure. I want to talk to everybody that I can in the scene at all stages of, of their careers and try to connect them together. So I make, I make like this big web of information that I, I want people to, to be mindful of, of the community aspect yeah. of my life. How do you select the people um, you decide to feature? When I see their names coming up a lot, or maybe if I see them personally perform and something mm. about them speaks to me. Uh, in the beginning, you know, I was the first few people that I interviewed were the people that I knew from Boots and Saddle, sure. just like a few people. I was yeah. terrified to interview people that I didn't know. Oh, believe me, I'm, I'm in the so same boat. so scared to do yeah. it. And especially people in Brooklyn at the time, I didn't know anybody in Brooklyn. I didn't know anything about that scene. So 
I think it was maybe it was Harachata was the first one that I interviewed from Brooklyn. She was lovely. She was very nice to speak to someone that she didn't really know. But once you speak to one person from the scene and they put your, your article out there and then their friends see it, and then they start to realize who you are. And then you become a little more comfortable with it. It's at the point now where if like somebody blows me off for an interview, I'm like, who the fuck are you to blow me off? Like, yeah. How dare you? Don't you know who I am? <laughs> do you get people messaging you being like, feature me, feature me? Yeah, I do. Not so many. I think people know that I'm, I'm going to get to them eventually. Yeah. So, But it happens once in a while. It's like, it mostly happens with people that I've already interviewed that they mm-hmm. want to be interviewed again. Right. I'm like, well, it's not, it's not that much to talk about. I, so I spoke to you. Yeah. I mean, well, that, that's ago. the same with uh, the podcast is like, no. there are people that who would love to do another interview, but I'm like, what new things are we going to learn? Because right. like, it's, it's very formulaic the way I do my interviews. Yeah. But yeah, so there are certain people who in, within a year have had quite an adventure and new things happen. So maybe those kinds of people. But yes. I haven't personally gotten to that point where I'm like, yes, let's do new interviews. Right. So you do the uh, interviews. You also do the daily features of yes. what's going on. How do you find all the shows? It. I, I just keep adding and adding. Like in the beginning, it took me about maybe a whole two months to create an initial calendar and then really I'm addicted to social media Mm -hmm. I I spend three-fourths of my life on Facebook so I just pour through Facebook looking for ads and posts and all that and back when I was doing it people were very good with Facebook and promoting on Facebook so it was a little bit easier to find that stuff yeah if I started doing it now it would be harder because people promote their shows on like Insta Story and mm-hmm. Facebook Story, and if you're not friends with these, this is why I try to tell people like they think it's so great because it speaks directly to their base. But you gotta have a spread. You have to have a spread. If I'm not your fan, I'll never see your show right. if you only promote on your story. Sure. You have to put it on some kind of a public forum where somebody could stumble across it. You know. And do you find yourself having to like do a lot of work like in the morning? But okay, wait. This person does have a show, doesn't have a show. They have this person a guest. How how much work daily do you have to put into it? I put about, for the, let's say the weekend posts, which are longer, probably about two hours. Mm-hmm. It takes about two hours to go through. All. It's kind of like a science now, and I can go through it pretty quickly. But I also have to wait for people to provide the information. Do you, I mean, I'm sure this could get overwhelming, but... Would it be acceptable for someone to be like, okay, this is my show, I'll message you, this is the info. I would actually love it if everybody did that. There you go, people! <laughs> There's the new formula. Message Jim. Yeah, it's message me. God, that would just be so easy. There you go. What has been maybe the most rewarding achievement since starting Thodyssey? Um, Just because I'm putting the information out there, I feel that then I have to go and see it myself. So I, I've gotten to probably experience more nightlife than, than most other people. Even the people that are actually, even the performers, you know, they, they don't go and see other performers. No, they do not. Yes. So and they make posts about supporting other queens. And, and they're like, that's a, a yeah. hypocritical statement. It, it kind of is. Yeah, it, it, it drives is. me nuts. Yeah. Because then people shit on me and like, I'm showing up to shows on a nightly basis and you're, you're going to yell at me? Mm-mm. Right. Not cool. Yeah. Uh, you, 
if you're part of the scene, you have to support the scene. Yeah. You, if everybody's doing well, then you're doing well. You know, if you just care about your own little myopic part of the scene, then that's where you're probably going to be stuck for the yeah. rest of your life. This is maybe a hard question to answer, but why is Thodacy important for the scene? And what do you think would happen if, for any reason, you had to stop doing what you're doing? I, I'm always very surprised when people tell me that that it is important. Like I, I think that there's a, a limited number of people out there that really care about everything that that's out there. I, yeah. The, the, it always really surprises me when people come up and they say how how great it is, how important it is, which doesn't happen very often, but it happens once in a while. And uh, that surprises me. I, I think if you care about the scene, then, then you should go to my blog because that's where you'll find where all this stuff is. Yeah. If you just want to keep going to your local bar or, or, or that, like my friends, the people that I consider my friends... They just keep going to the same two stupid places. Like, mm-hmm. hello, I published a whole list. I, I, I tag you on this yeah. list. Why don't you go and see more things? But but they, they're they sitting their ways. They, they'd yeah. rather go to That's their, fair. their places. Yeah, I mean, when I did uh, the Drag 365 project last year, I had a couple yes. queens come up to me and be like, thank you for doing this because now I know who other queens are because I can't go out and see them. Yeah. So it's it, these kind of little things yeah. that we don't realize how important they are. That's true, yeah. You've won a handful of uh, glam awards for your work with Odyssey. I did, and and that that's very nice. Yeah, you know, I, I a lot of people shit on the glams. Sure, um, and I get it, but the the, the glams are are kind of when I went to my first glam just just as a as a fan. Mm-hmm. I think I went to support Boots and Saddle or something at the time, and uh, I, I can go on about. About Boots and Saddle, because I used to work there, and I have all these stories. But I went there just, just as a fan. I think Bianca was hosting, and that was cool, and I saw that. And I really got to see like like the real glamour yeah. of nightlife and the real community aspect of it, people supporting each other. And I, I loved it. I still love the glams. Um, I know people like to say that they're, they're rigged or whatever. I don't know, it's just... Cherry Jubilee doing it by herself. Like, yeah. how is she really gonna rig it? Like, she doesn't know any of these people. She doesn't give a shit. She just counts the votes. That's all she cares about. Right. Um, I don't know what was I saying. No, yeah, I, I won some glams, it? and it's nice. Yes. Yeah. How has the scene changed since you started Odyssey? Uh, oh, it's changed a lot. Um, I mean, just as far as people that I used to see all the time. I guess everybody has a shelf life um sometimes it's it's because they just kind of burn out and disappear but now of course because of drag race they get get taken from us and 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 put on a a higher platform um but definitely people's in drag has has certainly taken over more so than 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 when I, i started now every place has drag but even the drag itself has become um, I don't know. How do I say this with or without insulting anyone? It's become one kind of thing. Sure. You know, it's it's become very pop star performance. Yeah, I mean, based. we see what the mainstream version of drag is, and that's what people want to emulate or what the bars want to have because yes. that's how you get the random people who 
literally only know Drag Race yes. to show up. And don't get me wrong, I live for that. I those performers who who perfect yeah absolutely that that pop polish that they, they could sing and they could dance and do the beautiful looks. That's great. Yeah. And I, I get. I especially get why younger people are into that because they grew up on on Britney and they sure. grew up on Drag Race, so that's what they know and that's what they gravitate to. And I get that, but the queens that I first started getting into were a little messy, and were a little raunchy and um, risk taking, a little more risk, more risky. I think. Yeah, and drag was for the community. Right. This is a very dangerous question, so okay. answer with discretion. Okay. Who are some of your favorite New York City drag queens? Oh, I like so many in so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I mentioned Victoria Chase. She's she's my buddy. She's a very good host. Like she makes people feel very welcome at a bar. That's her skill. Uh, I gotta say, right now, as far as like watching a show, like I want to see these queens perform. Probably Boudoir and Kimmy. Yeah. The assassins, I, I think they're they're everything. I think they're amazing. Yeah. I love Jasmine Rice. Uh, I love Britta, Arikiki. Many different, many, ways. many, many people, many, many, people. many different people for many different reasons. How do you stay creatively active? Creatively active. Well, I. It's always kind of a question. Um, if my if my blog is considered creative mm-hmm. or not. I mean, sure. it's kind of rote sometimes. Interviews, I don't know, is that, what do you think? Is that, is that a form of creativity I, to interview absolutely, someone? Absolutely, because you have to no. formulate it in a certain you way. Have you have to, to formulate guide it. it. You do it, yes, that's true. It's. I used to be um, a writer. I used to, well, I guess I'm still a writer, but yeah. I used to write short fiction and get it published in, the, in these little literary magazines, and I was living for that. For a few years, I, not living off of it, but living for it. I think I got paid maybe literally like three dollars once for being in like a, um, some kind of anthology or something. But that's what I really wanted to be was a writer. Uh, now that I'm doing the blog, it it, it feels more more like I'm I'm obsessed with collecting information than yeah. with with creating art. I, I don't know where where the line between like art and and just putting stuff out there where where that line is, but I, I'm I'm compelled to keep doing it. Yeah. So the world changes, technology changes, things change. When you started, you started on Tumblr. Yes. Obviously, things happened with the past couple months where yes. Tumblr has decided to change their mission statement right. and get rid of a lot of um, pornographic quote unquote content. Yeah. Which caused a little bit of an issue yeah. uh, for you because it would block certain things. Yeah, that, um, that was the thing was the blocking. It, yeah. If they just got rid of all the porn, I probably would have stayed there because I, I thought, oh, well, I have less competition now. People right. will go just to see me. But then my shit started getting blocked. The very innocent stuff right. started getting blocked. So it's like a, maybe, maybe like a drag queen who had like pointy boobs under her dress. Yeah. That would get I mean, and, the, and there are a lot of conspiracy theorists out there who think this was very much targeted at the um, LGBTQ community. Who knows the truth? Who knows? But you moved over to WordPress. Yes. What was that transition like for you? 
I'm I'm I don't like change, and I, do I. I I fought it for so long. So I I hated it at, hated it at first, but it they have a they had a convenient feature where I was able to automate a lot of the stuff to oh, go over. But then I had to go into each interview and change the links and and fix it up. So that was kind of an annoying process. Yeah. But now I'm so happy I did it. it I think it looks much cleaner. It's less buggier. Uh, nobody's censoring it, so yay WordPress. Now all I have to do is is pay for a package instead of doing the free ones. Because now sometimes when I look at these interviews, they're they're filled with like yeah, really gross yeah. ads for like foot fungus stuff. <laughs> it's like the same ad like nine times within the article. Yeah. It's kind of brilliant in a way. To yeah, get I mean, somebody... I, I use uh, Blogger still. No, uh, I'm desperate to move, but at the same time, because a lot of my um, income is attached to AdSense through Google and Blogger, yeah. you, you don't want to move, but also you're like, wait, you want to throw at, throw any ads you can anywhere in the article. So right. you put them wherever they suggest it, and then you yeah. look at it and you're like, well, that's not pretty, but I need this. Right. And I, I don't make any money off of those ads. That's the yeah. thing. That if I upgraded it, then I can be a little more selective with the ads. But yeah. it's like $100. True. Which True. isn't terrible, but I'm so... Freaking cheap. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Where do you see your career in five years? Where do I see my career? I I've given up looking at, at what my career. I don't know if this is going to have anything to do with my career. I, I mean, I, I I like being part of the nightlife world. I, I like the experiences, like hosting the events that I host. That kind of came out of it. I like to keep doing that. Um. Michael Musto is kind of an, an idol of mine. Mm-hmm. I, I'd love to be Michael Musto. But Michael Musto wrote articles. He wrote great yeah. articles. And I'm not doing that. That's, if anything, that's, I'd love to have the time to write thoughtful yeah. articles about nightlife. But, you know, just doing what, what I'm doing now takes up so much time. Yeah, know? no, I hear you. It's now becoming a thing where anyone who wants to, put on a show is able to do it because we have so many incredible spaces and you've put on yes. a couple uh, incredible events and you're about to celebrate your one year anniversary of that mess yes i'm and very excited that's it was about the show. it was the first show i created uh it's at rebar which is not a space that i was very familiar with before i went there but that's one good thing about doing thodacy is that you start to realize what places have events on what nights right and so then you can go and take advantage of that so that's what i did and i really love the space um it's mostly a dance party we have a dj dj galindo that i knew from boots and saddle uh and i have two hosts um marcel who's like a little up-and-coming singer now check him out he's he's performing at some of the bars and it's been Butchie, who's a go-go boy. Uh, he's, he's had to step away a bit because he has a, a busy day job, but hopefully he'll be back in October. So I've had some guest hosts. And we have a queen of the night. And I've been able to go through a whole year without repeating queens. Amazing. Which, which I love. For some reason, I was obsessed with doing that. Like Some queens are like, can I come back? Can I come back? <clears throat> and I'm like, no, not, not yet. Not this year. What inspired you to start this show? Um, I, I, I just kind of got jealous of, of all these people that were doing parties and having yeah. fun. I'm like, I don't want to do it too. Um, it's a lot of work. It's not a lot of money. Nope. Um, 
but it is rewarding. Like yeah. you, you, it's one thing to to sit back and and write about and report about things, but it's another thing to to be be a part of of that world, and, and to, it, it gives you a a better level of understanding of what everybody does, and of how people really are. You, you get a lot of insight into working yeah. with people, like. When it's one thing to see somebody perform and live for them and they're nice to you because you're a customer or you're a nightlife writer, but when you're the person that has to like hand them the money, it's different. You see different sides of people, for better or for worse. Yeah. You see different sides of people. No, I hear that. Yeah. What has been one of your favorite memories of Thought Mess? <sighs> Let's see. I really actually loved around Christmas time we did two shows Nidra Bell mm-hmm. who was on The Voice who I knew only a little bit before then but I loved her she came she just like stole everyone's hearts she's such an amazing singer Chris Re- Chris Weaver from The Voice yes. that, that's what she's known as now I don't know what's happened to her I, I kind of feel like she just She's at vodka soda. Step back. I don't think she is anymore. Not anymore. It's kind of news. I don't know oh. why. Um, but I kind of think she's maybe over it and maybe wants to do... The music. The music, which she should do. She's yeah, amazing. she's incredible. Yeah. What's next for Thought Mess? Um, probably more of the same. <laughs> I want to keep with the formula with having a different queen every week. We just had our first... I booked my first Drag Race girl um, for the last one for this this past week, Trinity K. Bonet. That was a very nice experience. Um, and once you book a Drag Race girl, you know, you, you kind of want to do it. Yeah. Often. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's not the, the cheapest endeavor, so yeah. you have to really talk your employer into, into uh, explaining why it would be a good idea to have this or that person. But it's it's usually worth it. People yeah. will come out. Oh, absolutely. For, for the drag race girl. So we're going to play a game called This or That. Okay, work. Just literally pick one, one of the One or the other. Okay. Cats or dogs? Cats. Beer or cocktail? Uh, cocktail. Applebee's or chilies? Hmm. I guess Applebee's. I guess Applebee's. They, do they still have the unlimited Probably. hors d'oeuvres? Probably. That was my last. Oh, no, that's TJ Fridays. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get those all mixed up. I guess Applebee's. Uh, Elmo or Big Bird? Big Bird. I fucking hate Elmo. I hate Elmo. Mickey or Bugs Bunny? Bugs. Because he, he was a drag queen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Modern or antique? Antique. I'm old. Antique. Lust or love? Lust. Work hard or play hard? Uh, Preferably they're one and the same. I'll say play hard. Who really wants to work hard? That's fair. No. Rich and bored or employed and tired? Rich and bored. I, lo- I love that whole aesthetic. <laughs> Yeah. I love that Lana Del Rey shit like oh I'm so bored and life is so meaningless and I'm at my beach house and everything is so sad I love that I aspire to be yeah. that day or night night dance party or drag show drag show Facebook or Instagram Facebook sorry I, I, I Instagram I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it but Facebook all the way Brooklyn or Queens uh, Brooklyn and drag race or dragula um, I'm still gonna say Drag Race, but ask me again in a few months, I'll probably change my mind. Yeah. 
You've attended a lot of shows. Uh, you judge a lot of artists. Mm-hmm. Is there a singular performance that sticks out as the most memorable? Oh, that's a good question. I think when we were judging uh, Lady Liberty, yeah, Jasmine Rice coming out with doing that, with doing the opera with a, a live orchestra. It was so extra. It was. I was just like, oh come on! But it was gorgeous. Yeah, and I I lived for that. I we saw a lot of great performances at, at Lady Liberty. I think that, that's mm-hmm. one thing that that I'm I'm very happy to have been involved in. That that really helped get my name out there. Yeah, same. Yeah, and we got to see so many great people. We we saw Evie Oddly. We sure did, and I no. do not remember. I I remember Soju. Yeah, not remember Evie. Evie, she she had like these weird, like I I don't know, like these sticks. She was covered in these sticks, and she did backflips. It was interesting, and, and she was very movable then. That was kind of a yeah her thing, and still is her thing, I guess. What makes a drag performance good? There is no specific answer to that. Um, Sometimes a queen could be a complete mess, look like a mess, fall all over the place, but she just connects with you. It's you have to make that connection either because they they wow you and you gag and you you live for it, or you just make some kind of a human connection. Preferably, if a if a queen can come close to doing both, then she's she's the best that yeah. she could be. You've seen a lot. Yeah. What is the wildest thing you've seen happen in nightlife? Either performance, behind the scenes drama, and if you got conspiracy theories, just throw them out there. You know, I, I feel, all the good stories I feel like I miss. Like uh-huh. I, I, just, I hear about queens like flushing, flushing each other's makeup down the down the toilet, and then getting into fist fights. <sighs> I'm, you know, I've seen a lot of like famous people. I mean, I, I, I just that, that I was co-checking that night at pieces that Adele and uh-huh. Jennifer Lawrence came through. That seems like kind of a lame example because it was celebrities. But it was interesting just just to see how how people interact with celebrities. Now. Right, that's so weird. Like nobody was coming up to them and saying, "Oh, can I have your autograph? Oh, can I take a picture with you?" Like nobody was bothering them, but everybody stood around them in a circle, to see filming it. them. They didn't yeah. want to film them. They didn't want to be near them or interact with them. They wanted to film them, which, yeah. which I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting because like you don't want to be rude and like go up to them, but right. you're gonna be rude and film them. I don't think it's so much that they, that people don't want to be rude. I think it's it's people don't have that those social sure. skills anymore. You know, it's like the it, it's it's more interesting for them to like take take a piece of the person yeah. than it is to like have that interaction with them. Now, obviously, there's been a lot, a lot, a lot of drama um, recently. Yes. What is your favorite um, wacko story? Well, <laughs> um, let's see. The the stuff that happened with Miss West Village. I, I if I say it's my favorite, then that kind of like insinuates that I approve of what happens. But I. It infuriated me, yeah. but it also it was just so fascinating, and it is kind of like a little movie in a way. Yeah, it's one of those situations where you like couldn't fathom that it happened, but you also could fathom that it happened. Because right, it's not the first time. We all, I feel like everybody just should have known better. 
Right, but like it's one of those situations where we live in a society where we give people second chances. No. We want to be able to give people opportunities, and we're supposed to be a community. You come together. So right. why not give this person an opportunity if if everything she's presenting to us is positive? Right. Should we explain? Whoops. Should we explain the story? Yeah, Miss it? West Village. Um, no. Christina Ashton um, decided uh, to ask for permission to redo. Um, yeah, she she was the original Miss West Village yes. at Boots and Saddle. She was a Boots and Saddle queen, and mm-hmm. they had the original Boots. They had the original Miss West Village there, and that which was another was another story. shady situation about what the purpose of that Miss West right. Village was. But regardless, she this share impersonator, which is pretty much what she was, and she didn't do it very well. But she worked at at Boots and Saddle. She was the she became. The original Miss West Village. She had some shady dealings with some other queens where she may or may not have owed them money for things. I I don't know. I can't confirm either way. But after those dealings happened, she disappeared for a while. And then she came back and she wanted to do the Miss West Village pageant again. Yeah. Um, She wanted to pass her crown down and she... Was in charge of everything. Everything seemed fine. Everything seemed fine. She got some some ven- venues to provide vendors, excuse me, mm-hmm. to provide uh, prizes, money. She said she had the crown. She said she had the sash. Uh, she had everything all all planned out. It sounded on the up and up. It didn't seem any reason. There's, there are no red flags. Presented. There's no red flags. It, it, like, what's what's the most that you could do from, I don't know, throwing a scam pageant? Like, what, what right. would she get? A, a few gift certificates from, from Krylon? Like, what, what would she really get from it? But who knows? Because like three hours before the pageant was supposed to start, she had a family emergency and disappeared. Right, and I had seen her the day before. She came to the view with me. No. Um. Telling me everything's ready to go, showed me a picture of the crown, blah no. blah blah blah. And it's like okay, exciting. No, and because I knew a lot of the contestants, no. I knew a bit a bit about what the competition was, what the categories were, what everything was supposed to be. So as a judge, right. I sat on a panel where I was the only one who knew everything, yeah, and no one else knew anything about no. what we were supposed to be doing. No, because like, they weren't. I mean, they, they never did it before, and they right. weren't given any guidance, like. I think I was the only one there who knew that there was actually a theme for uh, the presentation look. I didn't even know there was a theme for it was, the presentation it was look. ABBA. Okay. And there were girls after seeing some of the scores who got bad scores because they didn't like what it looked like, but it was the only one who did ABBA. Right. And you're like, wait. Right. Why? How am I? What? What? This isn't right. fair. So everyone questioned the entire night and the no. results, obviously, many times. Yeah. Um, and it turned into a massive debacle and then she disappeared completely. Yeah, because she was not only producing it, but she was supposed to host it. Right. She was supposed to produce it. She was supposed to hand out the prizes, do all that. But she disappeared with the prizes, with the crown and the sash, which probably didn't exist to begin with. Who knows? And she disappeared. And I, for, for my part, tried to reach out to her after that. I said, listen, it was such a shit show. It was just such a disgrace. I was so embarrassed for everyone that this happened. Like, you have to do something to rectify this. And she said, I know, I know. I'm going to do something after after the break or whatever. So I, I stayed with her. Because 
this was right before the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots. Yeah. And she's having a Miss West Village pageant, and she wants to pull this shit, whatever it is. That she pulled, whatever happened. This is what she wants. This is what she wants the legacy of the West Village to be. So I asked her again, and then she wound up unfriending the entire city of, yeah, of New York. Yeah, blocked everybody. Blocked like, everybody. Oh, okay. Now, now uh, we see. So now, regardless of whatever, it's like a hit and run accident. Like, yeah. maybe it was your fault, or maybe it was the driver's fault. But once the driver drives away, it's the driver's fault. Yep. You know, and. You're not going to live up to... You're not going to own up to this tragic mistake that you made. What do you expect to happen? So we had a crowning ceremony for Tiffany, who was the winner. And that was nice. It was something. Yeah, it was something. No. Well, let, let's bring it all happy for a second. Yes. How can we come together as a community and still the idea of positivity rather than continually tear each other down? Um, this is probably going to sound very old fogey, but... I think if you have beef with someone, for whatever reason in, in the business, it's better to confront the person personally about it and tell them to their face than it is to put the stuff out there on social media. Because yeah. there's something that's happened with the community with social media. It's just made everything so toxic. Yeah, so big toxic. booking is not fun. Yes, it's because not fun. the person is implying one thing about one person, but immediately other people think it's about them. Yeah. And just causes more drama. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm human. Like, like when there's a little fight, I, I love it. I, I watch the threads. I watch you got the popcorn ready. The Jasmine Lives. I watch all that. I love it. But what happens is after that initial thrill is over is like a taint, you know, yeah. and it just gets bigger and bigger and it's so negative. So keep your business offline and and deal with your stuff in person. And and I, I think you can solve more problems that way and involve less people, which is the number one piece of advice I have to give to everyone is when you have drama... Don't bring so many people into it, and don't go into somebody else's drama. Yeah, that's it's fair. kind of unbelievable how many people want to make themselves a character mm-hmm. in nightlife drama. Like, bitch, you'll get your chance. It'll happen. Stay out of this one. We're gonna play a little word association. Okay. So first word that comes to your head, and this is the bar edition. Okay. Do I sit? So you're gonna give me like names of bars? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, this should be fun. All right. Let's All start right. off with hardware. I could say anything. Anything. I, I I like hardware. Hardware is very polished. I, d- I don't care for a lot of Hell's Kitchen bars, but that one I actually like. It's it's got a nice vibe to it. Some of the bartenders there are a little bit mm, up in there, up their own ass, but some of them are also very lovely, yeah. and all the shows there are good. Yeah. The Ritz. <sighs> the Ritz. Uh, I think I'm too old for the Ritz. Like I'll, I'll just say that. That's Ritz fair. is for kids. Yeah. And I I do a, a monthly column called called Bar Babe of the Month. Mm-hmm. And it's getting harder and harder to do because a lot of bartenders, mm, yeah. you know, you know how bartenders could be. And I've never gotten any help from the Ritz bartenders at all. They, they could give two craps about being featured or about me or my blog. Their loss. Their loss, exactly. Next is therapy. Therapy, I, I used to have a bad feeling about therapy, 
because I thought it was like the bougiest of bougie. But I, I kind of really like therapy now. I, I, I like, again, the shows. The bar staff, Ryan, the, the manager, is a really lovely guy. I, I wrongly misjudged therapy in the beginning. I think a lot of people who are like me probably feel the same way about therapy. I, I urge them to go and, and check it out. And yes, people are bougie, but pe- people in Hell's Kitchen are bougie. Like, yeah, deal with it. It's true. You, you, you don't have to talk to them. Go and, and see the shows and go and talk to the nice bartenders. Next, we have industry. Industry, uh, they're cash only, which it sounds like a dumb thing to complain about, but it's so stupid. I agree. I don't know why. It, we're, this is 2019. No. you got to change the formula. It's so old-fashioned. I, I understand the credit card fees and everything, but, like, come on. Yeah, and you're going to lose customers. But, and then that's the reality is they're not, so. Right, that's true, which I guess that, that speaks well for them. It's actually, I think it's the coolest looking bar yeah i love the setup mm-hmm. oh, i love fucking, the stage um, the lampshades love them the lampshades are very cool so I, I like the way it looks i like the shows again those bartenders are a little bit up their ass um but overall i i get it i get why people like the place next in general boxers uh i i would have to talk about it like each one in a way <laughs> That Hell's Kitchen one, I think we all know something's got to be done with that Hell's Kitchen location. It's got to be. We, we, it's it's an everybody likes the roof. Yep. Everybody likes the roof. The rest of it is like falling apart. It's it's like a dark haunted mansion inside. Yeah. Um, the one in Washington Heights is really nice. It's the new yeah, one. I've never been. It's really cool. And the one Chelsea, I don't go to very often, but it's it's big and it's nice, and that seems to be the most popular one, I think. The Hell's Kitchen one is, is problematic. Next, we have Rebar. Hey, I'm all about Rebar. I thought my Thursdays, first and third. You know, besides besides my night, it's it's very, like, Chelsea muscle queen. Yeah. And that's good. There should be a place for that. And I was wondering how Thought Mess was going to fit into that mix. It, it fits in pretty well. Next, Barracuda. Barracuda. Well, I don't like how they how they did our Brenda Darling recently, um, but you know the place is very historical. It's owned by the same people as Industry, and they have the same issue with cash only, which I think is even dumber there yeah. than it is in Industry. Um, but you know, it's historical. Good shows. Yeah. It's, as long as you have good shows, I'm probably going to say nice things about you. Next, we have Stonewall. Stonewall is is great, and it's important. I love the Stonewall invasion. Uh, I love Mike Salinari. The manager is really sweet. Um, I don't love the fact that... I, I, I enjoy the fact that they give a lot of people a chance to do shows there. Like, anybody, basically. Mm-hmm. But even, like, the shows that do well there... I, think maybe people should be compensated for those shows a little bit more than they are, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they pay the queens to do the Stonewall Invasion, and they like they pay the queens to do the weekly shows, but there's some queens there that do like monthly shows that are very popular, and I, I yeah. think they, they have to charge a cover. Yeah. Be a little more generous with them. That's all, that's all I have to say. You, you have a nice tax break. You should be able to, to pay a little a little more people. Agreed. 
But I love the bar staff there. Yes. I love Chauncey. Amazing guy. Next, we have Rock Bar. Rock Bar is really interesting. Like like, like I said, that's that's where I used to go and be a thought back before it was Rock Bar. So Rock Bar is probably the space that I've seen change. So change the most since I first started going there. And, you know, I, I like what they do with the drag shows there. They don't pay the queens a lot, but I think that's okay because it's not a drag bar. Right. You know, it's becoming one, and that's something that, that may need to be reevaluated down the road. But for now, they're giving all these queens a chance, and, and these queens are working really hard, and that's, they're starting to, to make it in, into a scene. Yeah. And that's great. They, they mostly do bear stuff, and, and that's great too. There should be a place for that. Next is the duplex. I rarely go there. Uh, I, I go there to see special shows. Um, I should go there more because I, I, I would like to see Lauren Orta's show. Yeah. I really like her. And I love Heidi. That, that's another queen I probably should mention when you ask me like who I really like. I, I love Heidi Ho. Um, so they have good queens there. I, I should go more often. I haven't seen Stephanie Stone's show yet there. So I'd like to see that because I think she's pretty great. Next is Monster. Monster, uh, hmm. Well, <laughs> I could probably talk for like an hour about that situation. I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, besides the drama that happened there, what is it now? It's like a year ago now, I guess. It's been a year now. It's been basically. about a year. Uh, which, which was terrible, and everybody who's mad has a right to be mad. I do think they took steps to make it better the fact is like we're talking about this and the people who are affected are talking about this and maybe even a few people online are talking about this the core group of people there black or white or whatever they don't even know about this they don't give a crap about it that's an historical bar that people enjoy going to and some people just they don't care about any of this yeah which uh i don't know i guess that speaks to the resilience of the bar but maybe it doesn't say say much about the community i don't know yeah next club coming i like club coming i I actually i kind of want to do more things there i i always hear about like really cool things that happen at club coming and i've seen some good shows there uh it's very small and eclectic um i haven't seen Alan there yet. I've been there twice recently, and he's been there. Really? Yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah. I haven't seen him. Uh, Macri Park. I like Macri Park. Macri Park is, is cute. I like the bar staff. I like a lot of the shows. Um, I probably like Macri Park a little bit better than, than Metropolitan, although mm-hmm. I love Petra. I love Petra. Metropolitan. Metropolitan, I like. I haven't been there since they redesigned it. They, they have like, such a weird little stage. Yeah. It's like a... I don't know. It's it, it's like the the playground I used to have in the Catholic school. It's just like a little cement mm-hmm. box. It's not even a box. It's like a cage. It's yeah. it's strange. I think they remodeled it though, and it, and it's nicer. And they have like drag race girls mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. yeah, those two bars are, are are very interesting. It's kind of like a mix between old Brooklyn stuff and. Um, you know, like drag race girls. They're, they're yeah. like a, a, a big contender in nightlife. Next, we have Rosemont. 
I knew you were going to ask me about that. Uh, <laughs> Rosemont is, I think, for the new generation. Yes. And I'm not going to knock Rosemont because they have some cool stuff going on there. Uh, but I, I see like a lot of articles on people's blogs popping up about how they, they love it because it's their safe space and it's their, it's their community. And it, it makes me think about how... The gay bars that I'm used to are, are probably not doing right by people that don't fit a certain mold. So I, I get that this is what they see as, as their safe space. As far as the bar staff is concerned and the bar management is concerned, like I don't know. I see a lot of people not buying drinks there. I see a lot of really young people not buying drinks there. Um, so... I, I I hope things things are, are good for that bar because they provide a good service. I I probably shouldn't say that much about it because I I have a show I produce a show in their their sister bar now the Vault, mm-hmm. which I really like. It's 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 not catching on yet, kids. You have to go to this bar. It's a really great space. Um, I know the Rosemont had a hard time getting people there in the beginning, also, no, but they found their audience. This bar needs to find its audience, the vaults. It's going to be the next big space. Watch me. Next is Icon. Icon, I I should go to Icon more. I I really like the stage of Icon. Yeah. Um, I was there to see Chola's show on on a Monday a while back, and that was was really fun. I really like Chola Spears. I think she's she's very uh, underrated. Yeah. I'd like to see her do more. But I I like the space of Icon, yes. And finally, let's just... Rest in peace, but Boots and Saddle. Aw, uh, Boots and Saddle. Um, old Boots and Saddle was a, a very strange and unique atmosphere that will never be replicated. The newer Boots and Saddle had its charms, and I liked it. Um, and it, the layout would change every time you walk in there. The layout, it was the same with the old space, too. The owner was crazy. He would flip the bar around yeah. eight or nine times was ridiculous. You would prepare for a show and then realize, wait, wait, that's where's not the, the stage. St- where's where? What are you doing now? I mean, literally, the stage. I mean, that's pretty profound that the stage would move every yeah. few months. Like you'd walk in and the stage would be right in front of you, and then you walk in the next week and the stage would be like behind the kitchen. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Why would you think this is a good idea to, to do this? But he was crazy, and well, that's one of the reasons why. We have what we have with Boots and Saddle today, which is nothing. All right, we're going to play Tea Time. Very similar to the the same game, but I'm going to give you names of people you've worked with, taken a picture with, been in the same room with. Okay. Nightlife people. Okay. And you're going to tell a story, share some um, tea, whatever you want to say about them. Okay. I can do that. First up is Fifi Dubois. Oh, I love Fifi. Fifi is going to be... Um, and you said you oh, were going to Oh, shit, I said I was going to do that. I already did it. Oh, my God. See, I told you everyone does it. Everybody does it. But how could you not love Fifi? You I know, oh, right? It's impossible to not love it. She was my very first Thought Mess guest, one of the first drag queens that I knew. She's coming back for the year anniversary. She's won some crowns. She needs to win more. I think she's great. Yeah, she's amazing. Next is Hibiscus. Hibiscus is is, is a darling. She's a, she's a sweetheart. Uh, she's another one that I want to see... Do more and more. It's hibiscus will do anything. Like it, she loves to perform. She's not going to give you a problem. She's available. She'll be there to perform. Uh, she's so inspiring in that way. And 
we, we, we saw the what was the the dance thing that we saw at Sony Hall. What was um, that called? Leg up in life. Leg up in life. They're throwing her up in the air, yeah. and she almost got, got impaled, impaled yeah. by by the, the spikes. She's amazing. I love her. Next is Jackie Cox. Jackie Cox. I I also I also enjoy. I only say love. I I enjoy Jackie Cox. <laughs> Um, I love Jackie Cox. <laughs> okay. Yes, of course I love Jackie Cox. Jackie is really sweet. He's a cute boy, by the way. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, uh, definitely trade. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. trade. Um, she occupies her own space in nightlife. I booked her for a thought mess a few months ago, and she very graciously accepted. She was like so out of her element at that point. She didn't know what to do. She doesn't really do bars anymore. Right. You know, except unless she's guesting with with Paige, and that's a whole different different show it's a whole different thing but she's never like hosted a dance party probably in years she was a good sport about it and the kids lived for her but I could tell she's like oh, I want to go back to the I Dream of Jackie yeah. six you know Give her, do the cabaret shows yes next is Yuha Hamasaki Yuha was probably like the second queen I met she's crazy <laughs> she's fucking <laughs> yeah, she nuts I I, I, I I love Yuha Yuha's very smart yeah. and I hope she, she she comes off as ditzy but she's a lot smarter a than people woman. realize she's a businesswoman and I I have a feeling that one day like she's not gonna tell anyone she's she's gonna suddenly like open a huge business and and be like a multimillionaire I think she's like saving every single dollar every uh, single penny yeah, that she makes she's very frugal She's, yeah, that's this that's what I heard and and I, I believe it. Yeah. She's very smart. Um you know, I wish she did better on the show. I'm sure she wishes it too, but she has made the most of those she three has. episodes, let me tell you. Next is Pissy Miles. She's great. Uh she's very funny. Um I think she might be just as far as like a, a comedy queen, the funniest in the city right now. Alright. And I I actually got to see her in a weird college in New Jersey not too long ago, like totally outside of the elements of bar fags. And she was, uh, she owned that crowd and like they were eating out of her, out of the palm of her hand. Uh, she's so smart and she's so funny and she knows when to go there and when not to go there. And that's a skill that I wish I had. And I bet a lot of Queens wish they had. Next we have Vivica Galactica. She's someone I, I just got to know recently. She's she's a lot of fun to work with. I love Camp Wanakiki. I, I hope that show gets more love. Uh she's she's really interesting. She has she's has an interesting story from uh Colorado. I hope she stays in, in New York and, and builds something because uh she's she's a good host. Yeah. And that's that's uh, what she wants to do is host shows. And she's, it, it's starting to happen for her, and I hope she sticks with it. Next is a double whammy. Angel Electra and Shady Pines. <laughs> I love them. I know. I said Whatever. I do love them. Uh, you know, they're always fighting with people <laughs> online. Yes. They're just doing it again now with, like, braided wigs. I don't know why people are bothering getting so... They, they said that anybody can wear braided wigs if they want to, whether you're a white girl or not. And so all these black queens are telling them that white queens can't wear braided wigs. And it's becoming this whole thing. I think they live for it. I think they think I it's think so hilarious to fight with people. 
in reality, they're very generous and gracious. They're the yeah. first ones that are going to do a benefit show if you ask them. They're angels involved in, in Drag Queen Story Hour. They're, they have good hearts, but I, I do think they, they, they like to throw down with yeah. other queens. Next is Chola Spears. I, I love her. She's hilarious. Uh, she's weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. And I, I think we, we, we need more Chola, definitely. Next is Foxy's Amazon. <laughs> Foxy is someone that I had no idea who she was. Um, she was a friend of, of one of my hosts for, for Thought Mess, and they brought her on. I was hesitant to bring on a queen that I didn't know who she was, because I, I know who everyone is. Right. So if I don't know who you are. And she's great to work a party like this, because she always has an amazing look. She has a nice way about her, the way she talks. She's very country, but she looks very urban, because she is the kind of very high fashion, like kind of hoish, but still high fashion look to her. And she loves performing and she yeah. loves turning looks. And I'm very curious to see where she's going to go. I, I, I kind of wish she would stay off of Facebook a little bit. But. <laughs> Next up, Lacey Stoner. I, I'm really intrigued by, by Lacey. I, I, want, I want Lacey to, to host one of my thought messes. Uh, I don't know, the city seems to not really be embracing the bearded queen yet, but I, I think she's someone that can kind of bridge the gap a little mm-hmm. bit because she's funny and she's kind of Brooklyn, but she's not too right. Brooklyn and she's got funny mixes. You know, we knew Ish, Ish from from Lady Liberty. I think he used to threaten to do drag, but I didn't think he was actually yeah. going to go through with it. He did. He's a pretty natural performer. I'm mm-hmm. kind of surprised, you know, when you're on now that no end of things. anymore. Yeah, exactly. I was, I, I, did you see her at um, Bushwig? I saw pictures of her. I she saw pictures. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Next up is Avant Garbage. Avant Garbage is somebody that I, I want to work with more. We we started doing a show at uh, at Stonewall. I think I think she's kind of a, a genius and. Mm-hmm. She's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. That's all. just the way it is. But some people are really going to get her. And she's going to have a, a huge following. She's so smart. And some of the stuff that she does is so out there and strange. But you're, not, you're never there shaking your head like, what? Well, what's going right. on? Like, you always get it. But you just don't know, like, how she got there or how she brought you there. Let's talk about Erica Clash. Oh, I like Erica. Erica was the very first person that... I interviewed um, for for Thodyssey. Uh, she's very sweet. Uh, she's come a long way with 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 her looks. Um, yeah, I I would like to see her again. Yeah, I, I saw she's her doing... at uh, Dragon. She yeah. was very lovely, very sweet. Yeah, did she? Uh, was she just walking around? Did she? Yeah, she was just in luck. Yeah. Just having fun. Good. Yeah, I I. I she moved to San Francisco like just when she was starting to happen here in New York. Yeah. She moved to San Francisco. And I actually think San Francisco probably suits her better. Because yeah. you could, San Francisco, they like it when you do those long form acts. So you just come out and you do this one thing and you leave. Like Poppy, your mm-hmm. friend Poppy, she's probably also, she moved out there and she's she probably sure also did. doing. She's doing fine there. Good there. Yeah, that's yeah. her thing. Next is Megami. I'm just getting to know her. She's got that cosplay thing down. 
Uh, I like her. I like I like what she does. I like her looks. I've been living for what she's been putting out on Instagram. She's probably someone that that I want to talk to around Halloween. See if, if I can get her to do a number there. She seems to be good. Good people's. Next is Ari Kiki. Oh. How can you say a bad thing about Ari Kiki? <laughs> Ari, she can be a little shady, though. Not to you, not to a person, to your face, but she will spill the tea. And she, she does it. She, she, has, she has a podcast now with, with Vicky, yeah. and I love that podcast, I have to say. I think they're very funny together. And they, 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 they spill a little tea. They're, they're out there. But she's very respectful now that she is she has like a nine to five job she doesn't do drag during the week anymore which kind of annoys me because i want her to do my night yeah but she has to be responsible next up is britta filter britta i i i think britta is like one of the best queens in the city i agree i think she's pretty much the full package uh i think we'll we'll, we'll be seeing a lot of her yeah, soon maybe maybe, we'll maybe, see. maybe we'll see. Um, but uh, I think I I love her her froggy voice and her crazy hair and her outfits and the way she talks to people. She's she's the whole star package. I think. Let's do a little bit of a throwback from Britta to Tara Hyman. Oh Tara! Oh Tara! Uh, God, I wish Tara the best. I, I haven't heard from her in a while. She 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 had to uh, take a step back and, yeah. and deal with some of her issues, and I I hope that's the case. She was very funny. She's very she, she had a very weird sense of humor, but always funny, always on. I think that's maybe was part part of the problem with mm-hmm. her is that she was always on. I, I just think that she was constantly, constantly on, and I think that eats away at you so you need to be off for a while before you can be on yeah. we've mentioned him before Butchie Gamble uh, Butchie he's uh, really sweet he's like my my little nightlife nephew in a way um, I'm, I'm always trying to help him with opportunities he, he's working to be a, um, a fitness trainer a personal trainer so that, that's taken him away from hosting Thought Mess for a little bit but I, I, I'm going to take some credit. He's he's with Jace Vegas now. They're a couple. I'm going to take some credit for that <laughs> because Jace was coming to our nights and was spending time with Butchie. So Mickey, I'm a matchmaker. A little bit, yes. They probably wouldn't agree with me, but I'm going <laughs> to say it anyway. And finally, last but not least, Viva Vidalia. Viva is 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 my girl. Like, Viva and I, I think, are very similar in, in ways and in the things that we like and we don't like. Um, she's the host of my monthly night, uh, Viva Anativa at the vault. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's turned into a few different things, but right now it's mostly just her and another queen gabbing and chatting and doing a few numbers and it's very cash and she's great at it. She could do everything. She could sing and she's doing more of that recently. I think she should be nominated for a Glam Award for her singing. She can dance. She could sew. I think she's definitely one to watch. How important is social media in the drag scene today? It's very important, and and there's no point in denying that. Um, it's it's completely, hundred percent vital. I I don't think 
things like the number of your Instagram followers should be as important as they are. I think it should be important just to get information about you and your shows out there. I, I, I'm a little ignorant of, of how much impact your number of followers are sure. to your career. I, I know people say that it's important. I don't think in New York it's very important. No, give give and take. Sometimes it is. No. Yeah. I guess so. I I think that there's just so many queens in New York. There, there are a lot of queens. There's a lot of queens. There are a lot of opportunities, but sometimes you see it going to the same few people. Yeah, but I think that's mostly because of reputation. Mm-hmm. It just just because. Well, rep and and reputation yeah. nowadays seems to go hand in hand yeah. with the amount of followers. Usually, when there's one particular bar family that hires mm-hmm. a queen, that like sets off a green light. Yeah. For everybody else to hire these queens, and then everybody does hire these queens. Yeah. So that's how it works, I think. Where do you see the state of drag in five years? Uh, I think drag race. I, and some people might get mad at me when I say this, but I, I think it has peaked. You know, it's great that now there's going to be a British season and an Australian season, but I think that's like going to be the death knell in a way. And I think. When Drag Race starts to wane, I don't think it's going to go away. It's never going to go away. But I think the popularity of it is going to wane. And that is going to affect the number of queens in the city, their reasons for doing drag, their styles of drag. I think it's gradually going to affect that. It's probably going to be something else entirely. I I see a lot of... um, People want to take gender out of drag now. And I wasn't yeah. sure about that for a while. So this, it's not really drag if, if gender isn't an issue. But I've, I've seen some of these performers now where it's less of an issue. And, and I, I get it a little bit more. They're doing something special and interesting. And maybe something is going to evolve from that. We'll see. We'll see. What do you do in your time off? As far as I you know, I used to be like kind of skinny and and fit, and I used to go out for like long walks and do physical things, and now I'm just like real parmesan. Like I just like do my blog and watch Netflix, and that's that's my sacrifice for all of you. If you had to pick one New York City drag queen to be your partner on the Amazing Race, who would it be? On the Amazing Race, who would it be? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, Logan Harcourt. Like, <laughs> she she know, she will get shit done, and people yeah. will be scared of her. She may break herself. Stay out of her way. She may break herself. She'll she'll still get to the finish line. All right, we're gonna move into the pop five rapid fire. I'm gonna give you five pop culture things, and you give uh, uh, whatever you want to say about them. Okay, <laughs> I'm a little ignorant about some of these things. All right, number one is Bowen Yang is the first Asian cast member on SNL. Yes. Um. We we. We've seen him. Yeah. And he's funny. He's very funny. And that was very exciting to, to see that happen. It kind of came out of yeah. the blue. I, I don't know if that's something that people knew about. I haven't heard a lot. Because I knew he was writing last season. Now he's yeah. the face. Yeah. I haven't heard a lot from the queer comedy community congratulating him. I wonder if people are it's, it's jealous. Maybe a little bit. It's slowly coming out because there was a, another 
uh, cast member that was announced that um, uh, he was racist or ra- something. Racial slurs. So. Now this... that's getting overshadowed right now. Unfortunately. I guess so. That kind of sucks. Number two is the Democratic debates. I did see those. I, I missed the first two, but I saw this one last night. Uh, Elizabeth Warren. I'm 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 Team Liz. Okay, all right. Um, but I don't think anybody did a terrible job, and everybody likes to likes to hate on Joe, which I think is a little weird. That. Yeah, it was he was Barack Obama's vice president. It's yeah. so strange that people have I mean, he really turned is one of the on best him. So vice quickly. presidents we've had in a very long Absolutely. time. Absolutely, and one of the most active. I mean, I, I get last night he seemed a little um, tired. He got a little tired about halfway through, and was kind of grumpy with with people. Um, grumpiness is certainly not a factor <laughs> for me to consider not liking him. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the grumpiest bitch you'll you'll meet. Um, but I don't think anybody, except for the the guy who called him out, was the name Castro. Yeah, that was kind of a ridiculous moment, and and I'm all for people hating on that moment, saying that that oh you don't remember what what we said two minutes ago? What are you like old and senile? <laughs> that was kind of ridiculous. Number three is American Horror Story 1984. I always uh, watch it a little bit, and then once like the twist is revealed, I get bored with it. <laughs> I'm this I'm all about this idea because I'm obsessed with 80s pop culture and with 80s slasher movies but I have a feeling that like four episodes in it's going to be like a movie within a movie or a dream it's aliens yeah where where are the aliens from uh, from uh, season two yeah exactly some shit is going to piss me off about this although Candy is in it from right from uh, uh, Pose. Pose did you see the um, the opening credits they released not yet they, they, I, didn't, I didn't see it yet very no. good very good no uh, number four is Don't Call Me Angel by Lana Del Rey Miley Cyrus and Ariana Grande oh, sucks it's just it's such well, a waste well get used to it because every drag trio in the world is going to be doing it you know that's when I heard that they were going to do this song I was excited about it because I, I can't stand Bang Bang into the room anymore <laughs> like, I can't watch another interpretation of Bang Bang into the fucking room. So like, oh, now there's going to be something new. But I can't even see drag queens doing it. Slow. It's slow. And it's 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 an Ariana Grande song that they yeah. put two little parts into it. Like, yeah. it's not really... It's not really, it's not a group number. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping song. I can grow into it. But right now, one listen is like... Next. No. I like some of Lana Del Rey's new songs, though. I like her cover. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, she's good. No. And number five is Dragula season three. I I've only seen the first one. I, I hate oh, to. Okay. I hate you gotta to, catch uh, up. I have to catch up. Hopefully, they don't drop random episodes again like they did last weekend. Is that what happens on Friday? The uh, we were at DragCon and like surprise episode. I think someone at Amazon fucked up and put it online. Oh, that could be. Um, so that was unfortunate. But it's a very good season. The production value is incredible. Yeah, and it's a new show. And Madeline, I'm, I'm one thing that that annoyed me about. Oh, is this people are gonna get mad at me. That one, I, I think she's non-binary. They're non-binary, um, or, or is it a king? A land insider or um, uh, Hollow Eve? There was one who who complained about. Somebody said fish, fishy. Oh, Hollow Eve. Yeah. Hollow Eve, and I get it. That's a good conversation to have, but you're representing somebody that hasn't been on one of these competition shows before and you're gonna go right into that on day one yeah well just wait keep on watching hollow is very boisterous but um she did have a very incredible moment um 
at the end of episode three, which I have new respect for her. But I'll let you watch and. Are they the one that, that ate the spiders? No, that was Landon Insider. Oh, okay, that was cool. Yeah, it's a good season. But so I asked my the fans if they have any questions, and I got a question from Arya Durchi. Oh, great. What do you look for in a queen when you're judging a competition? Um, I'm looking for simply just being entertained. I, I, I'm not so much about look, although that factors into it. If someone's like a, like a real undeliberate mess and it's distracting from the performance, that's one thing. Um, I, I'm looking to see that, that, that somebody has put the care into their performance sure. and knows their words knows the choreography. It doesn't have to be perfect. Sometimes you, you connect more with the act if it's imperfect. But I have to see that, that you, you invested time and, and care in, into your performance. So that, that, that has to be evident to me. Nice. Oh. Well, I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. And this is a question from Sissy Walken. Okay. What's your dream in drag? What's my dream in drag? Meaning... If I was in drag, or just drag in general, what's my dream for like the world of drag? Sure. What's my dream in drag? Um. Uh, hmm. You, you're probably gonna have to edit out a lot of these hmms. Um. I okay. As far as what I what I would what would be like my fantasy to see more. I, I want to see more like dark shit more morbid gothic dark drag and that just looks not just like you come out in a, in a dark gothy amazing incredible look and you do a fucking ariana song do like Susie sue go go there take me there you Don't just more take punk. me yes more punk now it's your turn to ask my next guest question um hmm okay uh, uh, uh um um, 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 if you could be any animal, what would you be? Oh, I like that. I no. like that. No. Well, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, use hashtag Thoughtacy. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Thoughtacy NYC. You can find me on uh, Instagram, although really it's just pictures, but whatever. It's Thoughtacy with a zero instead of an O. Uh, I'm still on Tumblr, but I just kind of auto-post there. You can mostly find me at thoughtacy.wordpress.com. That's my home base. Amazing. Well, thank you for talking. Thank you so much. I had fun. I, I thought I was going to say horrible things, but no, I you're good. so bad. This is good. I'm glad you didn't ask me about vodka soda bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks once again to Jim for joining me. Make sure to tap that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. Follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterinthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block. And that was Blog Talk.